Hello, I'm here. Finally, <laughs> I don't know what the hell happened uh, there. Let me know. Give me a thumbs up in the chat. If you can see me, if you can hear me, I don't know what on earth happened there. Um, click the go live button. The, um, the software just completely froze. I've restarted my laptop. It's come back on and the page that was shut down just opened up magically and there I was on the screen. <laughs> so apologies um, for that. I don't know what on earth happened there. Uh, but we're here now. We're live and we're talking. Um, we're talking Willian. We're talking Willian tonight because I've I've noticed it coming up a fair amount in our in our chat box in the last few days. Obviously, he's been a hot topic of debate since uh, he joined the club. You know, a lot of. Uh, discussion around whether Arsenal made the right decision to bring Willian in or um, if it was a mistake. And um, I want to get a little bit deeper into it tonight. I want to get you guys' thoughts in the live comments. I want to discuss it and, and try and work out perhaps why Willian is preferred to, to certain other options, perhaps why he's been afforded so much game time by Mikel Arteta in recent times. Just a quick apology once again to those of you joining us uh, or who've been logged onto the stream for a couple of minutes, not sure what happened. Um, click the start stream button, the computer froze, uh, restarted it. And when it opened up and it brings up your re or restores your crashed pages, the camera turned on and there I was on the screen. So <laughs> caught me a little bit off guard. But anyway, let's get on with it. Uh, first of all, let's say a big hello to Peter Redpath, to Indigino, to Wesbird, uh, to Banos, to Bad Boy, to Omar, to Steve. Um, and everybody else in the live chat, Norwegian Guna, Steffi, um, everybody else in there, Gunatel, et cetera, et cetera, Foluso. Um, welcome to all of you. Glad to have you uh, on the show, joining me live. And of course, a big hello to those of you who are listening to this back a little bit later on as well. Right. Um, let's get into it. Willian signed from Chelsea on a free transfer. Willian um, didn't want to stay at Chelsea and, and we know why it was well documented at the time that Willian um, was not going to get the contract in terms of the length that he was after uh, at Chelsea. And ultimately, when you look at the players that um, that Chelsea went on to bring in, Kai Havertz, Timo Werner, Hakim Ziyech, you can understand why um, they were OK with letting him go. You know, they were bringing in ample replacements for, for Willian. And um, from Arsenal's perspective at the time, and again, look, hindsight is a wonderful thing. And you can look back on a decision and say it was wrong with hindsight. And, and that's exactly what I'm doing. Um, but at the time, I, I thought it wasn't the worst decision in the world. I actually backed the decision to sign Willian. I've got to be honest, that obviously I've been proved wrong and that's absolutely fine. But let me share with you some of my reasons as to why. I felt at the time that bringing Willian in was was the right thing to do. You know, you looked at that forward line and you looked at people like Reese Nelson, Bakayo Saka, looking to really establish themselves. Willian, uh, Martinelli, sorry, another one who obviously is of is of Brazilian um, heritage as well. And, and you know, you, you just looked at that group and you thought beyond Aubameyang and Lacazette, we had a Pepe that wasn't really firing. And then we were looking at largely inexperienced players coming in to play those positions. What appealed to Arsenal about Willian was, was a couple of things. First of all, he was a free transfer. 
um, which at a time when Arsenal are clearly struggling financially, when the, the impact of COVID has, has certainly uh, been felt by football clubs and businesses alike all around the world, to get a player who had been there, done it, like Willian on a free transfer, made made sense. Um, I thought that Willian would be coming in as a squad player, as a squad player with the view to him being able to help develop some of those youngsters. But also when we needed a bit of experience, when we needed a bit of uh, nous, a bit of um, know-how, he would be the man that you could bring on. You know, you could bring him on for 20, 30 minutes, hope he can change a game. You know, he, he was someone renowned at Chelsea for his set-piece ability, which was something that you looked at that Arsenal squad and you didn't think we had a great deal of. Um, so, yeah, you know, there were a number of reasons why that appealed. And I think at the time, what I said about it was giving someone at his age a three-year contract, was it ideal? No. But of course, sometimes you have to overstep the line of what you want to do to be able to get players in. You know, how do you persuade Willian that Arsenal is the place for him? Sometimes you have to go out on a limb. Sometimes you have to take a little bit of a risk, take a little bit of a gamble. And for whatever reason, it's just not worked out. And I don't think we should beat Mikel Arteta up about it. I don't think we should beat Willian up about it. I think it's just it's just football. You know, sometimes in football, transfers work and they work to great effect. Sometimes they don't. And, and we've seen that time and time again. Anyone who's been watching football for years can go back and look at a number of players that their club have signed for whom they had really high expectations and high hopes and then found that that player, uh, for whatever reason, didn't deliver. So I wouldn't beat Willian up about it. I wouldn't beat Mikel Arteta up about it. I know there's a lot of talk about uh, the, the the whole relationship with Kia Jurabshan and that has been a big um, talking point when, when discussing the whole Willian thing, you know, did Arsenal only sign him to keep Jurabshan happy? Uh, is Edu in bed with Jurabshan? And therefore, we're only going to sign Jurabshan's clients um, or we're going to be steered towards those clients. And is that going to have uh, a negative impact on the team? I don't know, um, is the honest answer to that. Look, Willian played it very well, got the deal that he wanted, got the three years. Um, and it feels now like a mistake. It does. But what I, I can't get behind and I can't support is Arsenal fans literally actively wanting this guy to fail. And and look, you, you do get it, you know, it's, it's, and I'm guilty of it as well. You know, I'm not sitting here saying that um, I'm an angel and that I haven't done it. But it's kind of like we see him get ready uh, to come on in a game. You know, you look across to the to the substitutes bench and you see Willian there um, getting stripped and ready, getting uh, prepared to get involved. And then... The first thought is, oh, here we go. And it's, you know, we've got to get out of that, I think. You know, we, we've got to snap out of that. He, at the end of the day, he's an Arsenal player. And all the negativity that does the rounds about Willian on social media certainly can't be helpful to the player. And I, I know that a lot of people will make the case that actually the players probably don't really bother uh, reading what's said about them on social media. But I think now, more than ever, at a time where there aren't football fans in the stadium, which would normally be the way a player gauges how his performance has been received based on the reaction of those in the stadium. With that not there now, with that not happening, I do think there's a larger emphasis on on social media and the way we treat players and the way, um, you know, we talk about them. You know, you can criticise and you can criticise people respectfully, but you can also be an arsehole. And, and as we know, social media in general is full of them. So 
the point I'm trying to make is that I think we can all agree now that the signing wasn't the right one. There'll be people who called it at the time. There'll be others like me who felt that given the fact it was a free transfer, it felt like a bit of a no-brainer. But, you know, there are other players in that squad who we've paid far more money for who are underachieving as well, but don't get uh, the criticism that, that Willian gets. And, you know, the fact that he's played for Chelsea obviously makes it even more difficult for him to endear himself to the fans. Um, but I guess, you know, there's no point crying over spilt milk. You know, we've brought the guy in and and he's not really done the business and, and, and people understandably are frustrated and disappointed by that. But the big question I would have of Mikel Arteta is why does he play ahead of certain players? Why does he play ahead of Gabriel Martinelli? Why does he play or was he playing ahead of Nicolas Pepe for, for such a long period of time? There's lots and lots that you could sort of pull Mikel Arteta up on. And I'm absolutely 100% willing to do that when I think it's justified. And in the case of Willian, who... What has he had? He's had a, a game and a half where he played well in an Arsenal shirt. You know, uh, when you take that into consideration, the fact that he's playing um, or, or or seems to be one of the first substitutes called upon just feels criminal. Now, in this podcast, I'm going to try and share with you guys the reasons why I think Mikel Arteta may be uh, a bigger fan of Willian than some of us. But this is not me telling you what I think. I'm trying to make sense of why this guy is constantly being selected. Um, Not necessarily always from the start anymore, but as kind of the first substitute that seems to come on in most games. But before we do that, let's go over to the live chat because I know lots of you have got plenty to say on the subject of Willian. So um, let's go over there and uh, see what you guys are saying. here we go. Joe says, I'm completely baffled by the Willian thing. I don't get why he's been this bad. There is definitely something in his contract which requires him to play certain minutes or something. But yes, I thought it was a sensible signing to considering it was free. Rufino Alvarez is totally agree. Lazy recruitment. Junior Gunner says, might be one of the worst signings in the last decade in terms of general expectation an outcome. Uh, Andrew's checking in from a snowy Mississippi and says, smash the like button. Thanks for coming on board, mate. Really appreciate it. Make sure if you haven't already that you smash the like button. Um, Foluso says, I backed Willian signing also because I thought he would help the youngsters develop, but I always had a problem with giving him three years. Yeah. As I said, look, I don't think anybody would have, would have uh, wanted to give him three years. But as I said, sometimes you have to give the player what they want in in order to get them to come and sign for you. And, you know, in years, in years gone by, you know, Arsenal have missed out on players that they wanted because they weren't willing to go that extra mile in terms of the contract, in terms of the, um, the length of those contracts. You know, we had players who were getting to 30 years old and knew very clearly that Arsene Wenger, for example, was not going to give them more than a one-year deal having reached their thirties. So you've got to, um, you can't have it both ways. You know, we used to criticize the club for that. Um, and, and now where the club have taken a slightly different approach on this particular signing, we're, we're also criticizing them for taking that approach. So we've got to find a, a bit of a balance that, as I said, unless you sign Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo, there are no guarantees in football when it comes to signings. 
we've seen some of the world's best players go to clubs where they just simply didn't fit and it didn't work out. You know, in, in recent Premier League history, you know, Fernando Torres is a prime example of that. You know, fantastic at Liverpool, absolutely sensational. Went to Chelsea, didn't really didn't really cut it, you know, scored a couple of big goals. At times, his quality did show through. But overall, in general, you would say that Fernando Torres' time at Chelsea was nowhere near what Chelsea thought it was going to be. He never met the expectations that Chelsea had when they broke the bank to sign him from Liverpool. So, um, yeah, that, you know, sometimes signings don't work out. Uh, let's move on down the chat. Steve Stone says, I didn't like the decision at the time. Chelsea wouldn't give him three years. I suspected it was for a reason. However, I never dreamed it was going to be this bad. And I think that's a really key point, you know, that for all the the, the people that were out there and felt that the, the signing of Willian was, was not the right thing to do and it was a, a sloppy move on the club's part, I don't think anybody could have envisaged it being this bad, um, you know, and it has been bad. Adam says, I reckon Kia Drabshan and Edu are behind this Lewis contract renewal. Willian and Cedric are also Kia's players. It's worrying if we're going to have agents dictating who comes in. Yeah, um, I get that. The only thing I'd say is that in being promoted to manager rather than head coach, Mikel Arteta now has a big say in the players that are coming in. And and you'd, you'd be hard-pressed to find any links between Mikel Arteta and Kia Jurabshan, you know, the kind of the general um, accusation about Jurabshan is is thrown at Edu normally. So will Mikel Arteta now, having a bigger say in what goes on in the transfer market, essentially veto some of these deals that he doesn't think are right for the team? And you'd hope so. Um, but look, we spoke about the Louise contract at length on the, the show earlier. Um, if you're listening via the audio, it will, will be on the afternoon podcast from yesterday. We discussed it in, in a lot of detail. We discussed the the whole idea of David Luiz getting that extra year and whether it would be the right thing for Arsenal Football Club to do. And I'm not against it. You know, I, I think that there have been signs from David Luiz that, you know, first of all, he's playing quite well at the moment. And second of all, you can tell from you know, the players' reactions towards him and the way they talk about him, that he is very much respected and loved. And if you haven't seen it already, if you go on YouTube and type in Open Goal, which is a Scottish channel, um, and type in Kieran Tierney, Open Goal, you'll see an interview that he did with um, with the guys over there when he first, well, it was just after Arsenal won the FA Cup last summer. So check that out. It's really good. And the way he speaks about David Luiz is, is really... Um, really impressive. And he talks about a time where uh, he didn't have a great game himself, Kieran Tierney, that is, and he really struggled. And, um, you know, the Arsenal crowd were getting onto the team's back. It was a game at the Emirates Stadium in which we drew, uh, but probably should have won. He didn't really elaborate on, on any more than that. But what he said was when he went in at half time, kind of disappointed by his performance, frustrated um, and, and a bit worried about the the kind of reaction of the supporters. David Luiz was there and David Luiz was on hand to say to him, listen, Kieran, you focus on your football and I am the senior player here. I will take it on the chest. Um, you know, whatever the backlash is, I will take the heat. That's what he said. And, and that just goes to show, you know, when when we're all sitting here, more often than not kind of looking to, to, to dig out David Luiz, you know, actually he's one of the few players in this group and in this squad who doesn't shy away from responsibility, will face up to the media when he does something wrong. And um, 
yeah, I don't think that quality should be underestimated. So, yeah, I, I would give Willian, uh, Willian, David Luiz, I would give David Luiz an extra year if he continues to perform like this uh, for the next few months as well. Let's go back to the Willian thing, though. Um, after Link says Willian out. Um, Alex says Arsenal didn't really need Willian or anyone in that position at the time. I don't think Mikel rates Pepe or Martinelli. However, this signing stinks of Raul Sanley and, and Raul's gone now. And, and Raul obviously was, was found to have been involved in something that, um, you know, that uh, in some transfers that didn't quite make sense. And that's why uh, the Kroenke sent in their man from the, to come over uh, to go through the books to try and work out what had been going on behind the scenes. And the result and the outcome of that was that Raul Sanlehi was ousted from the club. Uh, Xander says, it is possible that he's unable to accommodate Arteta's tactics and his head has dropped. I personally think he's not interested in playing for Arsenal. Yep. It's, it's a good point. Uh, Captain JT Spaulding says, no doubt he stunk the place out so far, but has shown he has ability in the past. Hope he can turn it around. If not, hopefully we'll move him on and maybe even get a fee. Yeah. And that's important, isn't it? You know, we're, we're not talking about a young kid who we've never seen any evidence of, of being a good footballer. We're talking about someone who's proved it throughout his career. You know, we're talking about someone who's won two Premier League titles. Um, you know, we're talking about someone who's won a League Cup. He's won five Ukrainian championships with Shakhtar. He's won a Europa League. Um, he's won the UEFA Cup when it was that before that um, or before it changed to the Europa League. So we're talking about a decorated footballer who you can understand why Mikel thought he was going to bring or, or the club thought that he was going to bring uh, something to the table. It hasn't worked out, but it is what it is. Um, Deb Chakrabarti says, Harry Williams costing us 30 million in three years. No doubt his agent Kia pocketed 20% of it. It's like the Pepe deal. Arsenal were milked in a big way. No doubt there's some easy money out there. Um, as Banos says, make sure you've hit the like button if you haven't already. Let's check in where we are on the likes. Um, let's have a look. Let's have a look where we are in terms of the likes right now. And uh, don't forget, if you haven't subscribed, make sure you subscribe as well. It's very much uh, important. We've got 40 likes. There's 100 watching on YouTube alone right now. Uh, so hit that like button. Let's take it up. Let's get it to 75 at least. And when the numbers go up, if the numbers go up, we'll uh, we'll try and get a few more. Um, Junior Gunner adds that I think the fact Arsenal fans have no connection with Willian being a new signing, it doesn't feel like he's part of Arsenal. Also, the Chelsea links. Yeah, the Chelsea links play a part for me. Uh, it's harder to warm to someone, isn't it, when they've got that history? Uh, Steffi says, I don't know how we're going to get rid of him this summer. Maybe the Chinese Super League. Um, <laughs> I don't even know if that's an option right now, if I'm honest. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if that's even an option. Andrew says, uh, I don't want Willian to fail. My problem is signing players over 30 years old to multi-year contracts at £200,000 a week. Um, Gunatel goes on to say, Willian is lucky we don't have fans in the stadium. Can you imagine? Yeah, he is. Um, he is because our fan base in recent years have been notorious for letting players know how they feel about them. And we saw how that ended up with Granit Xhaka. You know, it's not a good thing um, that the fans do that. I don't think, you know, make your feelings known before games, make your feelings known after games. But I'm very much of the view that 
during the game, you should be 100% behind your team, especially if you're one of the people in the stadium, because that filters through to the players. You know, if you're at home in front of your TV, you can F and blind all you want. But when you're in the stadium, that, that nervousness, that anger, that unease, that, you know, that pressure, it does filter through to those players on the football pitch. And I think it has a negative impact. I really, really do. Um, but it goes back to the point I made earlier on. Whilst there are no fans in the stadium, I think players will be paying greater attention to what is going on on social media. And some of the treatment of Willian on social media, look, I don't care how shit he's been. At the end of the day, he's an Arsenal player for the time being. And and I don't want to see Arsenal fans talking about Arsenal players like that. You know, you can say that you don't think he's good enough. You can say that his performance hasn't been great, but people kind of cursing his family and, and wishing this and that on him. It's just... It's, it's ridiculous. Um, and it shows you the state of where football fans are, are in general nowadays. You know, we've, I thought we'd hit the gutter years ago, but it's getting worse and worse. Uh, Adam says, we're such a poorly run club, I assume, referring to that whole uh, Willian sign-in. Arjab says, I think Arteta's persistence with Willian, combined with his treatment of other players, makes it more frustrating for fans. Yeah, and look, we're going to talk a little bit about this. Um, so that kind of gives me a nice segue into it. You know, there would have been questions asked at the start of the season as to why he was preferred over Nicolas Pepe so often, why he was preferred over some of the other players. Look, I think there have been Arsenal fans out there who have sat there and gone, well, why isn't Reese Nelson getting a chance? But Willian has. And for me, Reese Nelson's done nothing to, to suggest that he's good enough to play for Arsenal at this level. Um, you know, I think Saka's miles ahead of him. I think Pepe in, in his current form is miles ahead of him. I think... Mikel Arteta perhaps is struggling from a little bit of a, is, is struggling as a result of a little bit of inexperience. I think when you're an experienced manager, you back yourself more, right? And I think the fact that Mikel has changed systems, changed personnel, et cetera, et cetera, so often, and we've seen our team playing uh, numerous different ways since he took over, probably says that he doubts himself a little bit. Um, in certain things, you know, whereas you look at someone like, and I'm just using this as an example, you look at someone like Marcello Bielsa, right? And Marcello Bielsa plays one way. And Marcello Bielsa has spent years and years and years um, developing a style of football, developing a philosophy that he now applies to Leeds United, right? And you don't see Marcelo Bielsa stray away from that. Whether the performances are good or bad, he persists with what he does. And that's because he's experienced and he's built up years and years of knowledge. And, and he's got this knowledge in the bank and he's come together. He's come to the table and he's put that down into a philosophy and he wants it um, and he wants it applied. And he believes in that. I think when you're an inexperienced manager like Mikel Arteta is, it's easier to be react. It's easy to be overreactive. So by that, I mean, make change after change after change after change, because you're desperately looking for that winning, winning formula. And at a club like Arsenal, where the pressure is absolutely huge, you can find yourself in a position where you're actually changing things every week. And is it working? You know, it's probably having a detrimental effect, actually, uh, it, because you are making changes so frequently. So I think you've got to consider that. And I think because of Willian being an experienced player, you know, I've just run through the honours and, the, you know, the, the what Willian's brought to the table. Because of Willian's experience, I think that Mikel Arteta trusts him 
to go out there and, and apply what he's been asked to do. Now, I'm not saying that's right, so don't jump on my back. I'm not saying that's right. But I think in a situation where Mikel Arteta is looking for something, whether that be we're chasing a goal or whether that be uh, we need to, to manage the game and we need to kind of see a game out, I think he... I think he looks at his substitutes bench and he looks at the experience and he goes, you know, I I trust the experience a little bit more. And I'm not saying that's the right thing. Again, you know, I'm not not saying that's the right thing. And as I said at the top of the podcast, what I'm trying to do here is is try and work out, maybe get to the bottom of why, um, why Mikel Arteta feels the way he does about Willian. I've seen suggestions that contractually, he is obligated to pick him in a certain amount of games or he's supposed to get a certain amount of minutes. I can't see a world in which Arsenal agreed to that. I really can't. Like, And maybe that's me being hopeful. Maybe that's me not wanting to acknowledge how shitly managed we've been um, in years gone by. But I, I'd like to think that that was never, um, never a, a thing. And I don't... I, look, gut feeling is that it's not. But because it's Arsenal and because we've been so poorly run and because we've made so many stupid decisions, I don't think you can completely 100% rule it out. But my view is that that is not the case. Um, I genuinely think it's the experience thing. I think Mikel Arteta, what he's done since he's come to Arsenal is I think he's he's identified certain players that he trusts implicitly, right? And He's tried to persuade players to stay in the case of Aubameyang. He's had to persuade players to come in the case of Partey, in the case of Erdogan. And once he does that, once he goes all in on someone, once he brings them into his kind of circle of of leaders, if you like, he's maybe a little bit too loyal to them. And and you could say the same thing about Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang earlier in the season. Now, I know the situation's to a degree, aren't comparable because Aubameyang's done so much for Arsenal Football Club. But maybe because he went all in on this signing, because he sat down and had so many conversations with William, because he's told him, you're going to be one of my leaders. You know, he started the season with him. Perhaps Mikel Arteta is reluctant to um, to make a change whereby he sees William completely frozen out because of the, because he feels like he can't. You know, Aubameyang, and I use Aubameyang as an example, because if you cast your mind back to a couple of months ago, Aubameyang just wasn't performing at all, at all. You know, whether he was on the left, whether he was in the middle, it just wasn't working. Yet Mikel Arteta only took Aubameyang out of the team when he, when he had no choice. You know, that was the only time Aubameyang came out. And I know Aubameyang's got more credit in the bank, but the point I'm trying to make here is that once you're all in, once Mikel Arteta's all in with you, I think that's that, and that doesn't change. And maybe that loyalty is going to bite him in the ass later on. But you do see it with players like Granit Xhaka. You've seen it with someone like David Luiz. Um, you've seen it with Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. And then there are other players who he's a lot more ruthless with. Alexander Lacazette being a prime example, you know, performs really well, but can easily be left out of the side the following week. Pepe, the same. Um, you know, Danny Ceballos, the same. So that that's the point I'm trying to make here. I think that Mikel Arteta feels this loyalty to Willian that, is not justified, obviously, based on his performances, but it does feel like there is something there that kind of makes Mikel feel that that he is he's the right option more often than not. And, and you know, Gabriel Martinelli uh, could have easily come on 
um, yesterday. But I think Mikel Arteta would argue that we were in a phase of game management, you know, four goals to the good. And at that point, all we wanted to do was was manage the game. And so the experienced player will give me more of that. I don't know. Is he protecting Gabriel Martinelli because of fitness issues? Again, we don't know. We're just speculating. But what we're trying to do here is get to the bottom of why um, why Willian is, is being afforded the game time that we feel as supporters, other players deserve. Let me know in the chat. Why do you think that Willian gets selected over some of these players? Let me know and I'll come to your comments in uh, just a second. Just a quick reminder that this podcast is part of the 90 Min Football Network. And as such, the show is now sponsored by Manscaped. Com. So if you're looking for some male grooming care products or you're just interested in getting your never regions uh, looking as lush, as crisp and as fresh as the Emirates Stadium pitch, head over to manscaped.com. Enter our discount code, which is 90min20, so 90min20, and you'll get 20% off as well as free shipping on your order. So uh, yeah. Check it out. Also, if you're interested in becoming a member of the Chronicles of Aguna uh, channel, get involved. Click on the link in the description. Check out the three tiers available. Would love to have you on board. And as from next week, we're going to be running some giveaways for our members only. So to be in with a chance of of winning one of those um, and a couple of you got um, I've got copies of, of my book coming your way. Uh, so if you're interested in becoming a member and putting your your name in the hat for these giveaways over the next uh, few months or so, uh, kicking off next week, then get involved, join up, become a member. It is very much appreciated. You also get a range of other benefits as well as uh, the chance to join our Discord server, whereby we are discussing the mighty Arsenal day and night. And we have a really good chat and we've got a really nice little community in there. All the people in the chat that you can see if you're on YouTube with us, with the nice little logos next to their names, uh, they are members already. So you can see how many people are already part of the community. So if you want to be part of it, if you want to join us, then uh, please feel free to do so. It is very, very much appreciated. And in doing that, you're supporting the show, which allows me in turn to spend more time um, on the channel and improving it. And uh, there are some improvements coming your way in the next week that I'm going to start uh, revealing. So look forward to sharing all of that with you guys. Um, Robin says, Harry, will you be part of the panel on the same on Arsenal tonight? Nope, I'm not on tonight. Um, not for any other reason other than I've got got some family stuff on. So um, I'm going to be looking after the little man tonight. So uh, yeah, unfortunately, I haven't got time to try and educate Lee Judges and Dan Potts uh, this evening. But um, after a win, hopefully they won't be too bad. <laughs> uh, what else have we got here? Um, let's see what you guys are saying. Uh, Gilbert Robbins says, Harry, with that upcoming six Premier League fixtures, do you agree with me? that 10 to 11 points would be um, a success. I can remember the next three, but let me just have a double check. Uh, so we've got Manchester City, Leicester away, Burnley away, Tottenham at home. I want six. Yeah, I do. Uh, I do agree with you. I think that would be around about right. And um, I think if we want the top four or the European places in the Premier League, we probably need more than that. But I do agree with you that that would be respectable, you know, given the games we're talking about. We're talking about the mighty match, Manchester City, sorry, who are just rolling over everybody in their path at the moment. Then you're talking about the North London derby, which I expect us to win, by the way, at home. Um, 
talking about trips to Leicester um, and, and games against the likes of West Ham who have proven to be a very useful, handy side this season. So, yeah, I think you're about right there. Gilbert also says, appreciate your insight. Thank you so much, mate. Appreciate your support of the channel. It is very much appreciated. Uh, Hamoud says, uh, love the content, bro. Do you think that William is being used to prolong the health of other young players? Um, uh, look, I do think that part of the the... the the appeal of signing Willian was that it would help players. You know, it would bring, um, you know, by bringing him in, you'd, you'd, players would learn from him on the training ground because he might not be doing it on on the pitch, you know, on a Saturday or on a Sunday. But I'm sure that they can learn things from Willian. You know, it also always benefits players, I think, uh, to work with more experienced ones. I think it also uh, can be of benefit for a young manager like Mikel Arteta to have someone in Willian, who's worked under some really fantastic coaches by his side. Um, it's very much the same appeal I was talking about when I spoke about David Luiz. I, look, I don't think it's the be one end all. I think obviously they've got to be accountable for their performances on the pitch. And on that, they will be judged ultimately. But I do think those kind of things are, are undervalued. And um, look, I, I'm not for a second saying that I think the, the signing has worked out. I don't take it that way. But what I am saying is I can understand why they did it at the time. I do wonder why he seems to get on ahead of other people. But as I've kind of tried to convey during this podcast, I think it's um, a combination of things. I think the experience um, it is valued by Mikel Arteta. And I think you can gauge that from the fact that he's looking apparently to give Willian a new deal. I think that indicates that to him having experience in and around the group, even if not on the pitch for 90 minutes every week is, is valuable. Um, so yeah, I'm just trying, just trying to make sense of why I think Mikel is so keen on him. Uh, Kumar says, Willian could just be for some new legs on the pitch. I mean, 20 minutes for him can't be the end of the world. No. Um, Kville says, uh, it might not be now, Harry, but the regimes that took hold of this club post-Wenger did not have the interest of Arsenal. They had the interest of their wallets. Pepe is a classic example. Um, yeah, I, I think you're right. We've done some really bad business. We've done some shit business. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Peter Gunn says he didn't cost anything. He was supposed to fill a hole. And if he sold next window for more money than the wages paid, maybe it's good business. Yeah, I mean, Willian... You know, you're going to learn a lot about Willian now. You know, does he want to sit around and be a bit part player at Arsenal? Or will he still feel that at the age of 32, he's got something to offer maybe abroad? And will a move materialise for Willian? You know, at the time he was signed, it seemed like, to me, a, a decent bit of business. Not not amazing. I wasn't jumping up and down about it, but it felt like a, a solid piece of business. That hasn't been the case. And now Edu and Arteta maybe have to start considering doing what they've done so well with many, many others in that group. And that is moving them out um, over the next, over the course of the next couple of windows. So we'll have to see. Um, this is a great point from Xander. You can always rely on Xander to pull out the facts. Love it. it says since Man City in the EFL Cup, Martinelli has started four games, should have been five against Newcastle. Of course, he pulled out of that one in the warm-up after rolling his ankle. Pepe has started six and Willian started two. So to say he favours him is not accurate now. Yeah, you're right. Um, I think people are getting frustrated by the fact that he seems to be the go-to substitute, though. But I would argue that experience point is, is why that is. You've also got to acknowledge that 
Willian gives you a little bit more tactical flexibility than someone like Martinelli. So depending on the game state, you know, you you may you may opt for him. And what I mean by that is Willian can come in and play a central role. He can come in and play on the right. He can come in and play on the left as a ghost nine, maybe even as well. Whereas in Gabriel Martinelli's case, you're not going to get that. You know, you can't chuck Gabriel Martinelli in a, num- in a, in a, a midfield position and expect him to do a job because it's just not what he does. So I think the game state is something that you have to take into consideration as well. When jumping up and down and going absolutely bleeding crazy at the fact that William has come on uh, ahead of certain players. I've seen some Arsenal fans suggesting that he's the reason we conceded two goals yesterday. It's absolute nonsense. Um, absolute nonsense. Uh, what else have we got here? Um Stephen Brown, one of our members, says when William came on, his legs looked like he'd been on for 180 minutes. He's gone. Uh, Carrie Tanninen says, did Eddie do a favour to William's agent? I don't know, man. I don't know, uh, if I'm honest. Uh, Wes Bird says, regardless of what we all think of the William situation, Arteta will ultimately live or die by the decisions he makes. Agreed. Um, makes sense. Uh, makes sense. Let's see what else we've got here. Um, oh, we've got a new member. Uh, big welcome to Pratyush, who's just signed up to become a YouTube member. Pratyush, welcome to the party, mate. Um, really appreciate having you on board. Welcome. Um, if you are interested in becoming a member and joining us in our live chat, uh, live chat discord server that's what it's called nowadays well, that's what you kids call it uh come and join us um hold on a minute pratyush are you is this because we've already got a pratyush member right has pratyush upgraded his membership or have we got a new member i don't know i'll have to check that out um i can't remember the surnames off the top of my head but we'll check that out pratyush let me know in the chat um welcome anyway whether you've upgraded it or whether you're new um oh his membership was revoked okay well he's back pratyush is back so welcome uh to the channel mate really really appreciate it thanks for your support um delighted to have you back with us i thought you were in the discord server uh, as it was um but this thing's a little bit confusing because if someone takes it off and or, or turns it off and rejoins um it, it says that, that you've got a new member if someone upgrades from the red membership to the gold or from the gold to the platinum or, or whatever, it says that there's a new member as well. So yeah. Um, but I thought when I saw the name, when I clicked on you, on your comment and I saw the name, I thought, yeah, we've got a Pratyush already, but welcome mate. Really, really appreciate it. Glad to have you uh, back. Uh, Rjab Saka says, Harry, can you ask Manscaped to deliver to India? Do they not? Do they not deliver to India? I thought they were worldwide. Um, I'm pretty sure that can be arranged, mate. If you're a, looking to give yourself a bit of a makeover down there. I don't see why not. But if you are, uh, make sure you use our discount code, <laughs> which is 90min2090, min two zero, and you'll get 20% off as well as free shipping, even to India, I believe. So uh, check it out. Um, right. Let's continue with your comments. Um, let's see what else you guys are saying. Um, Lots of you still commenting about the whole Willian contracting, not happy, um, not happy with the whole um, 
the, the whole situation, you know, regarding Willian and, and like, I get it, you know, I, I, I do get it. I, I get why fans are, are disappointed. All I will say is we are Arsenal fans. He is representing the mighty Arsenal. So let's not dig him out too much like that. That isn't helping him, is it? At the end of the day, like for Willian to come on, know he was under par and then go home and jump on social media to read loads of shit about him himself you know that's not going to do him any favors is it you know some people that that kind of stuff fuels them and it spurs them on but for some people it doesn't you know it can get people down i'm like that you know if if i get lots and lots of abuse which you know does happen from time to time uh in this in this line of work then it actually spurs me on you know the fact that you've taken the time to come over to to my channel or whether it be on my Twitter account or comment on an article I've written um and and slag me off means means you are listening. You know, it means that um you know you, you you're aware of it. You 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 have listened and, and we don't always have to agree. And I actually welcome when people message me a DM me or tweet me and and you know we have a good discussion. You know, because that does happen as well. I've got to say, we talk a lot about the the bad side, but there are people that will message you politely and they'll hold a discussion with you. And, um, you know, you can have a, a sensible conversation, even if you both disagree with one another. But yeah, I mean, for me, that kind of abuse, it spurs me on. It makes me think, yeah, do you know what? Whatever in it, I'd like, I'm, I'm getting my stuff out there. I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. But there are other people that they can get down about it. And I know that because I've seen it firsthand with people very close to me who have been in similar situations and have responded to it differently. And it's not a right or wrong way to respond to it. It's just how you're wired as a person. You know, some people um, take it one way. Some people take it another way. And, you know, there's no need for it. And I think that in Willian's case where we know he's not playing well. Look, Willian's not an idiot, right? You don't reach that level of football and be a complete and utter twat like you you will have an understanding within yourself of of the level you're at in terms of your performance. And and William will know that right now he's not at the level he needs to be. He's not at the level he should be. And he's not at the level that he can be. So does he need millions of people across the globe um, to constantly tell him about himself after every single bad performance? Probably not. I don't think it, I don't think it will, um, you know, I, I don't think it helps. And and as Wesbird says, I think some fans set him up to fail before he's even come onto the pitch. He's representing the Arsenal, so we should want him to succeed. Fingers crossed he can turn it around. Yeah, and, and that's key, isn't it? Because naturally, if you're programmed to the mindset where you watch Willian come on and you go, oh, for God's sake, here comes Willian again, then naturally you're going to be drawn to any error, no matter how minor that error is. You know, it could be, He's attempted an audacious pass that hasn't quite gone right. It could be that he's dispossessed in the middle of the park and it's not led to anything significant. But if you're if you're going into it wired in that way, whereby you're already anticipating Willian to fuck something up, then you're going to naturally be drawn to those errors and they're naturally going to become clearer to you. They're highlighted almost subconsciously by you and that whole thing becomes a mess you know that that whole thing um just isn't helpful and it just makes the player's life much more difficult so yeah um Wesbird, you make a, a fantastic point on that 
Um, Pratyush says, uh, I think him losing his pace has a significant bearing on his confidence and how he tries to take people on, perhaps. Um, it's a really, really good point. And um, now we really do have a new member. Uh, so thank you to Pratyush for signing back up uh, to the membership scheme. But Pratyush was already there. I knew I recognised the name. Um, but we've got a brand new member in Dave Hills. So Dave, welcome to the channel. Uh, really, really appreciate having you on board. Thank you so much for your support. Make sure you click on and remind me guys in the chat and I'll ask you every bloody stream. Is it a community tab that you click on uh, to get to the Discord, uh, the Discord link? If you do that, Dave... Uh, come over, join us on the Discord link, um, and we'd love to to have you as part of our little community where we're talking all things Arsenal. Um, it's a great place to to share your views and and discuss all things football, really, but mainly Arsenal, of course, um, with, with the rest of the guys, and they're all fantastic. And um, yeah, let me just double check. It is the nope. It's the membership tab that you want. Click on the membership tab on the top of the YouTube page and you'll find the Discord link there. Download the app if you haven't got it already and uh, click on that link. It'll bring you straight in. So yeah, look forward to uh, chatting to you. So welcome, Dave. Thank you. If you're interested in becoming a member of the channel, supporting me to bring you more content um, and improve things and upgrade things, etc., etc., as well as getting access to some of the perks and benefits of, be of being one of the membership family, then click on the link in the description. We would love to have you. Right. I'm going to leave it there because my daddy duties are going to kick in uh, in around about 20 minutes time. So, um, yeah, going to leave it there and uh, I'll be back very, very soon with more Arsenal content. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll start our build up looking ahead towards that massive game against Benfica, uh, which is coming up on Thursday night in the Europa League. Arsenal travelling to the Stadio Olimpico in Rome to face uh, their Portuguese counterparts for a place in the last 16 of the UEFA Europa League. Don't forget, smash the like button if you haven't already. It's really, really important. Subscribe to the channel if you're new as well. And we will be back very, very soon with more. Until then, take care, enjoy your evening and uh, ciao. All the best. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.